0: What's going on, Bears fans? As you know, sports betting season is in full force right now, which means you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS have been pioneers in the sports book industry for nearly three decades, thriving and paying you, the loyal customer. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses. So join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using code CHICAGO125. They have every bet type imaginable, and the BetUS mobile platform is easy to use with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone, online, and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash in on your 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. BetUS. what's going on Bears fans welcome to another episode of the Chicago Audible podcast I'm your host Nicholas Moriano for tonight's show and as you can see I'm flying solo for this post-game podcast and of course I'm flying solo and the Bears actually win in a comeback fashion 25 to 24 over the Seattle Seahawks on the road you know it kind of started off like every other Bears game where there was a lot of self-inflicted penalties it looked like it was going to go Seattle Seahawks way and somehow some way the Bears stuck in there and just beat a, a a bad Seahawks team and now both at 5 and 10 I mean with the win for the Bears it's it's kind of fitting that these teams were so close and yet it was just a one point game that separated uh the Bears from winning and losing this one so we're going to start off this show like we usually do first quarter of the segment because it's just me We'll keep this one a little shorter. Um, got the chat going on here, you guys. And, you know, it's okay to be I, – I, you can have mixed feelings about this one. Obviously, you could be happy the Bears won, right? Like, we haven't seen many victories this season five on the year, right? And you can also feel like it doesn't matter. It definitely – you know, I'm kind of in, in the middle ground here. It's nice to see them win. I didn't expect it. But it's like this fifth win of the season against a bad Seahawks team. What what does this really mean? We'll get into that. We'll definitely talk about it. But um uh, for the first quarter of our show, we'll definitely talk about like, you know, just our regular segments here. And I think the monster moment for Will, what he would have there is Demir Bird's two-point conversion reception. That looked like a play initially where Nick Foles is rolling right and it looks like Bird is open initially. And Nick Foles is a little late on the play and still throws it in his direction. And he does such a good job. Demir Bird of coming back to the ball and what there's three, four Seahawks defenders around him. And he kind of just snatches it over, you know, one of the defenders and all of them are corralled around him in the back, back portion of the end zone is able to get his foot down. And then ultimately the the knee. And that's, that's a hell of a play by Demir Bird, a smaller receiver, someone who had dropped a, you know, a couple passes passes uh, in the Vikings game just previously, but stepped up right there so that's definitely i i would think is a monster moment if you have anything differently definitely put it in the chat you could maybe say jimmy graham's what second reception of the game his touchdown grab it kind of looked like he was just standing there he boxed the the defender out got the touchdown against his former team and you know was able to put the bears in that two-point conversion um scenario in the first place but i think it's definitely a demure bird catch just because of how difficult it was but ultimately it won the bears game and then for my opening statement, man, I look at some of the, like what the bears were doing initially. And I kind of wrote it down here in the notes, wherever I put my notes here on, on all these monitors, but yeah, look, so going this, I tracked down all the third down, um, third down at distances for, for the bears up into the first drive of the third quarter. And so you see, and a lot of it was third and long. That's the bears put themselves in that situation, Almost for the entirety of the first half, right? So here are all the third downs from all the way into the first drive, the first offensive drive of the third quarter, and it was third and two. They had a third and two, third and nine, third and eight, third and ten, third and goal at the four, third and five, a third and twelve, third and nineteen, and that third and twenty was on that first drive of the third quarter. So just situations where the Bears clearly. Any good offense, you know, any offense in the NFL is not going to have too much success when they're constantly seeing third and long situations. But the Bears, you know, consistently put themselves in those scenarios, whether it was penalties or negative plays on the first two downs or just lack of execution to play design. So consistently that was the case for the first half and then on that first drive. But I think the Bears did a little better job in the second half of avoiding those kind of scenarios, those drive stalling, drive killing really um scenarios, those third and long situations. So really notice that being just something that really hurt the Bears early on. And you know, they've definitely talked about it on the broadcast a little bit. So it's uh something that's plagued the Bears all season when you really think about it. And then for Mason, who is who isn't here, he's not feeling well tonight. So has the the night off his stat. Any stat if any stats stand out, definitely put them in the chat here. Well, you look at it, the Bears were 7-14 on third third down, you know, 50%. But I look at probably what he would point out and what's something that the Bears have also struggled with all season, the red zone, 2-4, 50%. Obviously, you'd like to see that number improved. And the Bears, when they needed it, they did actually get that, that percentage to that 50% marker, obviously, with um, Jimmy Graham. And, and uh, actually, was that even in the red zone? Now that I think about it, let's see. They were outside on that final drive. It started, yeah, Seattle 15. So it was a a red zone um, touchdown that the Bears were able to get there. But the Bears just have consistently been bad in that area of the field. And, again, I think you put all the factors in there, whether it's lack of execution, the play design, uh, offensive linemen, either getting penalties or giving up pressure. So I think you saw a, a lot of that in this game. And it doesn't help when you lose Tevin Jenkins, I think, Man, it must have been, I think I wrote down the second. Was it the second offensive series? Let's see. Uh, yeah, Tevin Jenkins, second offensive series already out of that game. Larry Borum ends up playing left, left tackle for the majority for the majority of this game because Jenkins was out with, I think, a hamstring injury, if I'm not mistaken. So you, you had to go and evaluate Larry Borum at that position, something that he hadn't played because he was playing right tackle for the majority of the year. Then you had Jermaine Defendi, we'll definitely talk about him later. But that's the first portion of our show, just kind of wrapping up some of the little things with the monster moment stat, my initial opening statement. But before we move on to the next portion of our show, you guys I have to tell you about the Knuckleheads podcast, hosted by former NBA players, Quinn Richardson and Darius Miles. The guys bring on some of the best NBA players, past and present, to have a completely unguarded conversation about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. The guys from uh, for the season, the guests for the season include Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and the Chicago Bulls star guard, Demar Derozan. Listening to Quinn Richardson and Darius Miles do their things like playing NBA 2K with no fouls. So make sure you check out the Knuckleheads podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Chicago Audible podcast. I'm your host Nicholas Moriano breaking down. This Bears 25 to 24 victory over the Seattle Seahawks to improve to five and ten uh on the season. So we're gonna talk about this this Bears offense. I think we have to start with Nick Foles, right? You have to start about talk with the quarterback every single time talk about the Bears offense. And for a guy that had not played in a regular season game for quite a while, uh, you know, I'm blinking on his last regular season start, because obviously Mitchell Trubisky took over for him last season after the flip-flop yeah i know it's i yeah you're looking the light is for people watching i have no idea why it's so bright over here there it goes it's starting to adjust a little bit but yeah we're just gonna roll with it because the bears are five and ten and we're doing a podcast about a victory over the seahawks so um going with nick Foles for a guy that had not played in a long time i thought there was some there were some good things there was obviously some some rust in some areas there were a couple of things i noted where the Seahawks clearly had blitzes on, you know, those long distance, second and long, third and long situations. And Nick Foles had to get the ball out of his hands quick. He's not obviously a guy that can move outside the pocket. And We saw that on a couple of plays where he tries to run and, you know, Nick Foles isn't going to run. He's going to try to look to pass wherever possible. But there are a couple where he gave Darnell Mooney an opportunity on a one-on-one situation down the right sideline. Sees the blitz coming off the right edge, throws it in Mooney's direction gets the pass interference call good play good play design and just smart for Nick Foles to recognize where to go with that ball in that situation there's a couple where hey you have to and you have to give Matt Nagy actually credit or Bill Lazor who's calling plays right so you have to give him a little credit there was a nice there was actually a couple of running back screens in this one which you're kind of wondering where those been the last four years honestly with Matt Nagy but they they had the, the Seahawks in a second and long situation. The defense did and bears call up a, a nice just screen to David Montgomery who picks up a good gain on, on the play. And, you know, he was a little bit more active in the, the passing game today, getting seven receptions, actually leading the bears with 61 yards today. So uh, that's obviously uh, something that I've always thought David Montgomery could do more of. I think you're starting to see that a little bit, but you know, maybe a little too late, obviously, but There were a couple things, yeah, from Nick Foles. You see that, and that's experience. That's, you know, obviously knows this offense. He just hasn't had an opportunity to play in it. But then there was obviously some underthrown balls that were in this game and the weather and and things like that could factor into it. But there were just some underthrown balls. Uh, Ball security, again, almost loses a fumble right at the end of the game. But Jermaine Ifedi actually comes in to corral the football just in time before the Seahawks defenders can get it there. But I think that for what, not playing in, I think it's over a year probably, and going 24 for 35, 250 yards, not having Allen Robinson in this game, having a touchdown, no picks. He was sacked four times. And, you know, I think the offensive line didn't do much help, right? There was a lot of one on one that the Bears offensive linemen either just lost or, you know, Nick Foles just had no chance back there because he doesn't have that mobility that Justin Fields did. But I think for a guy that hasn't played in a while, given what the situation was with this Bears offense, I think he did all right. Like I said, there were some some plays where obviously he needs to take care of the football a little bit better. I don't get – and let me uh, let me ask you guys, too, the two quarterback sneaks that were called in a row by Matt – again, Matt Nagybill, however they're collaborating with that – it's like you're going to really run that play with, with Nick Foles, uh, something that I don't quite agree with. I don't know if anybody else felt that way as you we were watching the game, but it felt – I don't know if it felt forced or just unnecessary, but just hand the ball off to David Montgomery. I know he didn't have the most effective day rushing. He had 21 carries for 45 yards and the rushing touchdown, but in that situation where it's third and one or fourth and one, I, I'm just not a fan of the quarterback sneak, especially with Nick Foles in there, but the bears were able to get that one. I think after those, those quarterback sneaks, if I'm not mistaken, they went on to score. Um, was it a touchdown I'm trying to find here in the play by play? Of course I can't find it, but yeah, um, just something that I wasn't quite agreeing with, but that's just uh, as Tristan put in there, Nagy's play calling. And he saw that with the Jets sweeps and again, the wildcat for man, the bears love, love the wildcat formation but they've been running that i can tell you ever since training camp being there for most of the summer they have they have loved their wildcat formations and y'all have to go back and see what their yards per carry total on all those plays are because they have actually had some success with it but just seems like as of late when they've been going to it it just hasn't been working but yeah that's kind of uh the assessment on nick Foles. You look at the receiving and the stats, like I said, David Montgomery was your leading receiver in this one. And I don't think that's, I don't think it's too surprising. Cause I, like I said, I thought, you know, I've i have always thought that David Montgomery could be more a part of that, but Darnell Mooney is a guy that I, I feel like you, you see on the very last drive, the 30 yard reception, him fighting for yards, being a smaller guy too. And then actually the bears um, get a personal foul on that, that play as well or roughing the passer penalty where, you know, Nick Foles gets that call. I don't know if Justin Fields does. Looking at the play um, afterwards on the replay, was it a personal foul? Yes. I think there was contact with the helmet, but we've seen Justin Fields get hit way harder throughout this season and not get the penalty, right? So, hey, it worked out in the Bears' favor. They're able to capitalize on that. They had two straight plays after that one to David Montgomery. But I don't know. I just thinking about that play, if Justin Fields is there, does he get it? I. I don't think he does. Um, but yeah, you saw Cole commit a couple times in this game, too, who have uh, a couple of plays yards after the catch. He makes a reception uh, along the just in the flat and is able to not only just break a tackle on one of the, the receptions that he had, but get that first down. And then there's another one where Nick Foles, again, he's able to hang in the pocket on one of those third and longer situations find Cole Komet all the way to his left side, give him an opportunity to go run and catch and get the first down again. So the experience of Nick Foles kind of showed up in this game. And, um, you know, with no Justin Fields, no Andy Dalton, and I can't even think of the the backup uh, that they signed um, who, yeah, can't even think of his name right now. So Willis maybe, uh, and maybe I just made that name out of nowhere, but the Bears needed um, needed that from, from Nick Foles to even have a chance in this one. And, you know, he did just enough. But you also look at I, you know, we'll kind of talk about this offensive line because I think there were there's a lot of times throughout this game where guys just did not do enough. Like there's a couple of times where James Daniels that like he I know he gave up a sack where completely whiffs on his block. Nick Foles is sacked right up the middle. It's like he's not gonna get out of that. And especially if you're not gonna provide any resistance, that's what's gonna happen. Like I said, Tevin Jenkins got injured early. Then you had to move Larry Boreham out there. He got beat by, oh man, was it Dunlap on one of the plays where just straight power, Borum gets out of the way and then gets sacked there. So, you know things are going to happen like that. But he he um, he got beat on a rep. Jermaine Fetty had a fault. He had some penalties. He did recover that that fumble, like I said earlier. But uh, you know going back, I'm pretty sure he also gave up a sack as well on one of the uh, either sack or pressure. So. I think it's just been very inconsistent. Sam Musfer had a, a, a holding another. It seems like another holding call on a nice run by David Montgomery along the left side. Doesn't have to hold. David Montgomery uses a stiff arm, gets away from the edge. Def- or the the. I think it was the nose tackle on that one. Gets brought back by a holding call. So, yeah, I think there's been some really inconsistent play out there. But still, the Bears, <laughs> I guess, did enough offensively to you know, put up the 25 points and ultimately win this game. Um, but yeah, I think offensively, there wasn't really much else to talk about other than the Bears putting themselves in some bad situations early on, not capitalizing in the red zone, going 50% on third downs. It's the Bears offense. So nothing too, too drastic, but they, I guess putting up 25 points is, and getting that touchdown, the first touchdown by David Montgomery in the second quarter is better than getting their, what they got in their, the touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings and the last play of the game. So I guess there's improvement in that part, but offensively it was, I don't know for you guys, if it was just boring for me, it was kind of boring watching it. It was just, I I guess the snow game itself. I kind of like seeing the elements a little bit, but offensively there wasn't anything spectacular. I would say, you know, I did like, actually, let me mention Daz Newsome real quick. Um, he did have a, what was it, an off or a legal formation penalty that was declined by him in this one, but he did have a nice play. I think it was the first, either first or second drive of the game where he has to come back to, or he has to get go low to catch the ball, get up, and then fight through a tackle to get a first down. And you're like, oh, there's, you know, there's Daz Newsome doing some good things for, you know, just himself, because obviously – last game against Minnesota had the, the um, offside penalty, but also just hasn't been in the mix in the offense. So it's nice to see him, I guess, a little bit more involved in this one, but yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. Khalil Herbert, two carries. One of them goes for a 20 yard touchdown. So in these last two games, why not see more of Khalil Herbert? Obviously, you know, you want to see David Montgomery still be a focal point, but I think the bears can do a better job of, splitting the carries between these two backs because cleo herbert i think has earned earned that for for himself and you know obviously did a very good job filling in for montgomery when he was injured so other than that you guys i I really don't think there's too much to talk about offensively so we'll kind of move on to the next portion of our show where we'll talk about this bears defense but before we do i have to tell you about our partnership with owen if you're like me and everybody here at the chicago audible we like to work on stay active and after a great workout it's important to give your body the amino acids it needs to repair and rebuild proteins and that's why we drink owen that's right owen which stands for only what you need all of owen's products are plant-based free of artificial ingredients and are allergen friendly plus owen uses high quality and carefully selected ingredients to make all of its products easily digestible like the Pro Elite Chocolate High Protein Shake, which has 35 grams of protein. And we first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who does follow a plant-based diet. You can get 25, 20% off your first purchase with code TCA20 at liveowen.com. That's 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. And remember to use that code TCA20. Join myself, Mason, Will, and Justin Fields, and try Owen only what you need. All right, let's talk about this Bears defense. And, you know, I think initially (laughs) the Bears probably pissed a lot of people off because, one, on the very first defensive series, you have Kendall Vildor and Artie Burns starting at the cornerback position. So I think that's where we'll start. And, you know, I think a lot of people just want to see Thomas Graham Jr. in there. And throughout the game, the Bears were rotating and kind of switching in Graham for Burns. There was a series where Burns makes a tackle on DK Metcalf and then has to come off the field right afterwards. I don't know if something was in his eye or something was going on, but Graham went in. But the point is they were switching, and I felt like Graham was on both sides at at some point in the game, just kind of getting those reps. But, you know, we did see, I guess, Thomas Graham Jr. come back down to earth. And I don't quite understand why the the play design was for Thomas Graham Jr. Obviously a rookie, go one, in one-on-one coverage with DK Metcalf, who has been struggling as of late. Hasn't been very productive, but when you go one-on-one, no safety help, it was an easy just pitch and catch for Russell Wilson and, and DK Metcalf. And Thomas Graham Jr. just wasn't able to stay in coverage. And boom, it was an easy touchdown. So... It was. I don't know if he again that put him back to reality, and it's going to happen. You're going to get beat. Uh, corners are always going to get beat. It's just how you rebound. And I would say after that, you didn't. It wasn't as there weren't as any as much glaring mistakes, right? You have to go back and watch the, the all 22 to see. But obviously, if we don't hear about Graham all too much, there was he did have another pass breakup, which is you know great to see. But I think obviously after that first initial play to happen, well, one the Seahawks second drive. I think he calmed down a little bit and the footing and it's DK Metcalf. There's obviously a size difference there too, but that wasn't the reason why the bears or why Thomas Graham Jr. gave up that play just footwork and just being on top of trying to defend one of the fastest players in the league, despite having that, that size too. So not too concerned about him. Again, I think the bears just put everybody off on the wrong foot, seeing Artie burns in the game, but he did get some reps rotating in with Artie burns. Who almost did have an interception in the uh in the end zone. What was that? I think right at the end of the, the the first half there, but wasn't able to come away with the points, and the Seahawks do get a field goal. I do have uh, an issue kind of looking at what the Seahawks were able to do. Rashad Penny had had a pretty decent day. 17 carries, 135 yards, a touchdown. His longest run of the day was a 32-yard touch or 32-yard run. There was just some some holes that opened up. And again, I don't know what the field conditions were like, but it just seemed like there were holes that were opening up. Once Rashad Penny got off that, that first first line of defense with those defensive linemen. I know Bilal Nichols got washed out one of the plays and then the middle just kind of opened up. Penny's able to get a pretty big game there. But another thing that I saw in the Steve like Gerald Everett, his receptions for some reason, he had four for 68 and the touchdown just wide open. And it seemed like there was a couple plays in the flat that, there's just nobody defending uh, Everett, which is really I, I, just strange to, to see. I think there was one play where Roquan Smith and A. Jackson were talking it over and never seemed like they actually figured out what had happened. Those are two leaders, you know, two of two the leaders on the defense. And, you know, when you give people that wide open, obviously it's a coverage breakdown. You just got to see what what's kind of going on there. But other than that, you, you have Gerald Everett who led the team. With the 68 receiving yards, but DK Metcalf got the 41, 41 yards, but he had a 41 yard reception. So kind of held him a check after that touchdown, Tyler Lockett three receptions for 30 yards. And this is a Seahawks offense that has been struggling much, much like the bears offense, just not able to produce, sustain drives, put up points. And it kind of showed in this one because there really wasn't a lot that they got out of production wise from, some of the weapons that they do have on the team. And hey, the Bears defense, credit to them. Uh, not having what you had, Deion Bush in this game, starting for Deshaun Gibson. Obviously, you don't have Jalen Johnson. You have Kendall Vildor, Artie Burns, slash Thomas Graham Jr. Duke Shelley was back in this one. I know he gave up one of the receptions of Gerald Everett just on a drag route over the middle. But, you know, missing some guys in and out. I would, and you, yes, the Seahawks they score 24. And I didn't like the... It was a drive before the half ended. There was a, over just over a minute, and they were on their side of the field. They kind of let the, the, the defense let the Seahawks kind of drive and get that field goal at the end. And you obviously don't want to see that happen, but I think the defense also, after the Bears score, what was it, scored a touchdown in, let's see. Yeah, so right after the Bears get the Khalil Herbert touchdown in the third quarter, right in the very next possession, Yeah, here's the here's a drive that actually is the worst one from the Bears defense. The Seahawks go four plays, 61 yards in one minute and 58 seconds. So right after the Bears had just scored and made this, what was it, a 14 or a 17 to 14 game with the Seattle Seahawks in the lead, just a minute 58 seconds later, the Seahawks go up 24 to 14 in four plays. So that's obviously something that the Bears you you can't allow that there was a couple of explosives obviously in that one they did start off on their own 39 yard line after the kick but it was yeah the four plays it was a Rashad Penny run for two yards then you have a run up the middle for 32 yards and then another Rashad Penny run for three yards and then you have Gerald Everett the wide open again wide open pass to Everett uh for a 24 yard touchdown but You know, after that, obviously the Bears kept him out of the end zone, and that was 332 remaining in the game. So after that, the Bears and, you know, a little luck with the missed field goal don't allow the Seahawks to score on their one, two, next three drives. And hey, that's that you'll take that. You'll take that from the Bears defense, Um, especially at this point in the season. Obviously, it was enough to win this game. Um, But yeah. That's uh kind of a nutshell. What happened there? You didn't, you know, I, again, I, I go back to their decision to start Burns and over Graham. Uh, I think they just kind of want to see what they actually have in them, having both of those guys. Obviously Graham had a very great game against the Minnesota Vikings, but I think they just wanted to give, it, it seemed like the same philosophy on offense. Jermaine Effetti over Borum at right tackle, Artie Burns over Graham at the, the cornerback spot. But, at this point in the season, why not just give the guys that you know are gonna be on this team for next season some reps? And then, you know, I know that Fetty was a captain in this one, but yeah, it's just that's again, bears their their mindset, what they're kind of thinking is is right. It it looks pretty dumb or it, it people don't quite get why they're reasoning from the outside and completely valid because neither do I. All right. Um, and, yeah, I wonder, just curious, how do you guys in the chat, how are you guys feeling about this win? I'm I'm a little indifferent. Um, I'm, I'm just curious. Like, yes, the Bears won 25-24. Thoughts. What what do you guys even think? Is this positive? Is it who cares? Matt Nagy should still be fired. That's another thing, too. Like, this obviously has nothing to do particularly with the game. But there is obviously another report. And, uh, Ian Rappaport report. Um, said something earlier today about depending on how this game goes, Matt Nagy could be fired following this game. We've all heard the reports um, you know, earlier this season after Thanksgiving game didn't happen. But yeah, I wonder, does this win keep Matt Nagy's job available? Because obviously the, the new league rule if you have the last two weeks of the season, if you kind of designate that your the the head coaching job is available and you can start the interviewing process sooner do it all via zoom and things like that. But, um, I don't know if the Bears. I don't know, maybe the bear, maybe this changes the bears mindset, but I think regardless of what would have happened today, I think competent teams would have already had a decision of what they wanted to do at the head coaching position. But the key word is, is competent. And I don't know if the bears, uh, you know, really fall into that category. So, uh, yeah just curious but i'm seeing that um you know tristan here i'll put this up on here too i forgot i can uh put comments on there i'll take uh, i will always take a win. i absolutely hate like i completely agree it's tough co- you know tristan it's tough covering a team um that keeps on losing like i was i was scheduled to go cover this game in seattle but when i heard that one nick Foles was starting and justin fields was not going to play it's like Well, do I – and I would have to fly standby to get there. It would have been, for me, flying out yesterday night at 8 o'clock from Chicago to Dallas, sleeping in the Dallas airport until Sunday morning, get on a flight from 6 at 6 in Dallas to fly to Seattle by 11, get there. The game's obviously at 3. And then the next flight would be at 5 in the morning that following Monday, so tomorrow – to get back here in Chicago by 11. And I'm like, man, that's, that's a lot to go see Nick Foles. And Hey, I mean the bears won by a one point, one point game. And it would have been crazy, but yeah, just <laughs> not, not this time. You know, if Justin Fields was playing, I definitely would have considered it and gone. And, you know, maybe the snow would have delayed all that in, in the end, but yeah. Uh, someone asked is, was Justin Fields hurt? Yes. Ankle did not play to, today obviously and was uh not active for this game but uh it would have been it would have been a hell of a journey and just not this time all right guys let's uh, move on to the fourth quarter of this show where we kind of quick hit on special teams we saw Daz Newsom returning punts and he had a pretty um decent one uh early on in this game just kind of going left to right just kind of getting that edge and getting a decent return I'm trying to see did the Bears capitalize on that one? That's that's always a thing, right? DK Metcalf. I'm pretty sure they did get, let's see, they force a three and out there. Newsom, yep, had a 28-yard punt return going to the right side. And the Bears score five plays, 15 yards, um, and going for, for the touchdown on that nice return. And actually him fielding it, he looked pretty secure with with um with with the punts. One, the conditions suck catching catching a football like that, but he looked confident in what he was doing and even when people were around him and that's not, that's not the easiest thing to do, but he he looked like he was comfortable in that row role. Uh, role. Um, and then we had, you know, Cairo Santos got banged up on one of the kicks and it, you know, just kind of monitoring to see if he would be fine. But once he had to go out and kick off and uh, kick the extra point, obviously he was good. So that was, that was good to see. Obviously the Seahawks had a missed field goal in this one. But other than that, I don't know if there was anything too major here. Like we didn't have special teams. I don't think, you know, Bears special teams was trending uh on Twitter this game, which is a good sign, you know, progress in that that area. Uh, but other than special teams, you guys, um, you know, I think we'll kinda kinda get into the MVB of this game. And actually, that's a tough one. Who do you guys have as your most valuable bear uh for this game? I'm looking at is it, do you go David Montgomery for his all around, you know, just game in terms of the rushing and receiving, getting the the first touchdown of the day, but also being, you know, looking at that last drive, we go to the last drive that the Bears had uh, the six play 80 yard drive, a minute, 55 seconds. Um, you know, D- David Montgomery is a big part of that. Obviously Darnell Mooney started it off, but David Montgomery, after that Darnell Mooney 30 yard reception, and then the penalty, the personal foul. You get David Montgomery for a 10-yard game. Next play, David Montgomery, uh, a 14-yard game. And then you get the sack by Nick Foles, get the pass incomplete to Cole Komet. But then uh, you have the Jimmy Graham touchdown and then the two-point conversion. But you still need David Montgomery in that area, finished with seven receptions, 61 yards, 21 carries, 40, 45 yards and a touchdown run. We're going to go with David Montgomery on this. One. I think it's a safe one to go with. Uh, you know, I, I didn't even mention that in the uh, defensive segment. I don't know how I couldn't. Uh, Robert Quinn, 17 sacks on the season, just a half, half away. You know, 17 and a half is what Richard Dent, I think, got in 1980, the 1984 season. I think he gets it by, you know, who's it going to be? Mike Lennon next week, the New York Giants. I, I'm willing to put money that he gets the, the 18th sack or at least ties the record um, in that game against the Giants. But Ultimately, of course, I think he's going to break it, but he's just having a fantastic season. It's not just even getting to the quarterback, which he's been phenomenal at this season, but just playing the run as well. So it's nice to see Robert Quinn and a guy like that in a five-win season, seeing him just flourish and making the Pro Bowl as well, being recognized for it despite the team being bad, his individual effort. And obviously, you know, it's there's a team effort in in getting those sacks with stunts and things like that, but seventeen. He's gonna break it. I'll, you know what? I'll I'll do like a early bowl prediction. I think Robert Quinn will break that record by the second defensive series of the game for the Bears against the Giants. Going ahead of myself, but putting that out there, putting that out in the uh, in the universe. So, um, let's see. We got the MVB. And now it's just a two minute warning, you guys. With with two games left, you know, as soon as the season ends, I'll, everyone's gonna miss football again, right? So. You know, if people are mad, still angry, that's perfectly fine. Perfectly fine that people are, are still, you know, done with the Bears, and I completely get it. But like Tristan was saying earlier, like a win's a win, and I think your week is just a little bit better because the Bears did win, and they did beat the Seahawks on the road. And if the Bears are celebrating this, I think they have every right to. I know that they – the obviously, overall, the team is severely underperformed when I mean, we can look at every single area of this team it's not good enough but they did come back and score 11 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to beat a Seahawks team that again wasn't very good and but they did and again you still don't you don't have to quite agree with that take but you could still be pissed off about it and I'm completely fine with that too the Bears do win this one 25 24 get their fifth win of the season and do they have an opportunity to win out they do the Giants are not much better and you're gonna most likely be going up against Mike Glennon because I think Jake Fromm was benched in his start if I'm not mistaken but I think you'll see Mike Glennon at Soldier Field get a nice warm welcome from the fans I'm pretty sure then you have the Vikings again and we'll see how that goes and hopefully Justin Fields is good to go for the final two games of this regular season so continue uh one, we hopefully Tevin Jenkins injury is not too severe. Would like to see him play in these final games, like to see more of Daz Newsome, Larry Borum, Justin Fields, obviously. Give me some more Thomas Graham Jr., any of those guys, Kyra Tonga, like this whole draft class. Honestly, if we could just see more of those guys out there for the final two games, haven't played majority of these snaps, why not? You have nothing to lose at this point. Those guys are, I think, are not, I'm not going to say focal points, but a lot of them are going to be key contributors for hopefully years to come. And if you can get that out of a seven from your seventh round pick all the way to your first, I know Ryan Pace gets a lot of slack and he should, but this draft class is shaping up to be pretty good. It, or it can be pretty productive from top to bottom. And not a lot of teams can, can ultimately say that, but there's a lot of, obviously a lot of other things that pace Nagy bears organization hasn't done well and hopefully we see overturn in, in the future to get this team that does have some young talent in the right situation and i'll kind of leave it at that you guys um you know like brian st fired ted phillips um yeah he has failed no doubt and you know I'll put that up there uh, i know a lot of people feel very similar similarly to brian in the sense that the bears have failed and it's a losing season they're not making the playoffs last year i don't even <laughs> they, they, that that first round wild card match against the the Saints, I don't, you know, it doesn't even register as a a playoff season to me, just because they were helped to get in, right? So we'll see what ends up uh, happening in these last two games. But thank you for everybody for tuning in. I know it's not easy time of I Hope everyone enjoyed uh, their their Christmas if you celebrate or just enjoying the holidays with family stay safe but you'll hear from you know hopefully not just me next time on the preview show next week um sometime on thursday probably but everyone stay safe enjoy the holidays but until next time bear down chicago <laughs>